Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray here and flying solo this episode and a rather special episode it is too. Uh, this is the episode that we were meant to be bringing you uh, all the live action from Tussock Buster 2020. Unfortunately, and if you're listening to this in the future, you'll be able to Google what happened. Uh, COVID-19 kicked in and the government made a call, which is fair enough, to limit uh, all public outdoor gatherings to less than 500 people and public indoor gatherings to less than 100 people which meant that Tussock Buster couldn't happen. So while I'm out and about recording some more content and getting some more bits and pieces together, uh, we're going to bring you a special series of episodes recorded live from Shiny Side Up 2020. Now this particular episode, it is Dr. Chris Hurran from Deakin University with his talk on the rub of the road and motocamp. Good morning everyone, uh, my name's Dr. Christopher Huron, but of course everyone calls me Chris. I'm going to be talking to you today about two things. I'm going to be talking to you today about MotorCap and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, some on-road testing that we've done here in New Zealand uh, to understand how our laboratory tests relate to actual road surfaces. Now, I ride most days to work as a commuter. I used to ride on a GB400, but I'm actually, I, after being over here last year and doing the shiny outside up events, I got given a nice new green Yamaha XSR 700 to ride around on. And so when I went back to Australia, I couldn't help myself and I bought one. Uh, Yamaha have been really nice to me again this year. And if you have a look, there's a nice little green XSR 700 sitting outside the tent. I've had the fortune of being able to ride that around New Zealand uh, on, for the top half of this trip. And so I've done the Coromandel and all sorts of different bits and pieces, which has been great. Two things I'll talk to you about. Motocap. For those that don't know about Motocap, it's a motorcycle clothing assessment program. We buy clothing in store in New Zealand and Australia. We take it back to the laboratory. We buy a second one online so that we have two, hopefully from two different batches. And then we cut it up and we test it and we put all the results free online for anyone to look at. And because we're funded by the ACC and the Australian government, we are independent of manufacturers that have no idea what we're going to buy and test until the results actually appear online. So the whole idea of it is to give us as riders an understanding of what we're buying so we don't have to listen to the manufacturers. The other thing I'm going to talk about is this thing here. This is an on-road abrasion tester. I work for a university, I work for Deakin University in Australia, and I'm constantly trying to understand the science behind what happens when we hit the road. So I've done a range of different things. We're, we've put together an understanding of what happens when we first hit the ground and, and transition from grip to slip, and I've talked about that at previous shiny side ups. But one of the biggest concerns I had was there was no relationship between the lab test machine and actual road surfaces. No one had ever done that. So talk about MotoCap first. It's two websites, both take you to exactly the same place. Uh, because we're funded by Australian government and New Zealand government, there's a New Zealand website and an Australian website. They're both linked together and take you to the one web page. We do jackets, pants and gloves. And so for us to test it, it must appear in two or more retail outlets in either New Zealand or Australia. And the idea of doing that is 
we're picking up what the majority of riders are wearing. Quite often we will go on to a website for a manufacturer and they will have 60 products. But when we go into the store, there's only really about 10 or 15 that are readily available to the public. The rest are only available online. And we, the reason they're in the store is because they're the ones that sell. So we want to get the ones that people are wearing. Looking at jackets, uh, we have a safety rating and we have a, a thermal comfort rating. Uh, so the safety rating is uh, to understand how safe you'll be when you hit the ground and slide along the ground. Uh, the comfort is how comfortable you will be to wear that garment on a hot day, how well it will be to let the sweat out of it. We can't measure how comfortable it will be to wear for a person because every body shape is different. So we look at thermal comfort. And so you can see these ones here are examples. That's a, our only five-star jacket we've measured so far, but we've got things like a four-star jacket. There's a couple of those. There's about six or seven of those. Price is no indicator. $900, $400. Uh, we have no relationship between price and the actual safety we see when we test. Now, if you want a bit more information, you can go into the individual product and clip, click on a few arrows and it will drop down some more information. So this is a pair of Revit denim jeans. Uh, if you have a look, it's got three out of 10 for abrasion. It's got one out of 10 for impact and 10 out of 10 for seam strength or burst. Now, three out of 10 for abrasion is reasonably good. I would start to wear a pair of pants or a jacket if it's getting three or four out of 10. Um, remember, we've got to have a bit of a stretch goal there to help encourage people. If we looked at that previous five-star leather jacket, it would be 10 out of 10 for abrasion. Uh, and from memory, it was about seven out of 10 for, for impact for armor and 10 out of 10 for burst. So that'll give you an idea of, of where we sit. Thermal comfort, we have our thermal comfort and if we have a water spray resistance, there would also be a out of 10 rating for that. Now, because it's denim and it's not a wet weather product, we don't do water spray. Now, if you want a little bit more information, you can get every single test result if you're so inclined. There is a five page test report on every single garment we test. Uh, you can see every single abrasion measurement we do. So we can do up to 36 abrasion tests when we measure a garment, depending on the complexity of the garment. And if we look at the, something like your Alpine Stars leather jacket that you're wearing there, it's reasonably simple. It only has probably two or three different types of layers in it. It might have two layers in the shoulder and, and uh, one layer in the rest of the garment. Uh, and it's got some stretch fabric. So in that case, we're probably only doing three abrasion tests three sets of abrasion tests of six of each. Um, but if we look at some of the textile jackets and we use this one here, for example, the, the Sparta jacket, it's got a whole lot of different multi-layers in different places and different fabrics. We have to do a lot more tests on that one. So you can see every single result we got and you, we've got some simple color-coded mannequins if you want to look at just the simple in the test reports as well. Now people say to me, oh look, I don't look at the test report that often, but I'll look at the safety ratings, work out a garment that I want, and then I might download the report just to be sure about it. And others say, well look, we're just confident that the report's there, we know it's been scientifically tested. So the way we test it, this is our abrasion test. It is the Cambridge style impact abrasion test from the, the European standard. It uses a very fine wire put underneath a test head, which has a sample hose clamp to it onto an elbow or shoulder simulation. We have a 60 grit sandpaper belt doing 
28 kilometres an hour or 8 metres a second and we measure how long it takes to wear a hole through the fabric. And the test head weighs 5 kilograms. Now, this enables us to give a time to hole for the fabric. Now, if you look at that test machine and you look at that device that I had to fit on the back of the car, you can see that the geometry of the two is almost exactly the same. Uh, and I'll talk a lot more about abrasion testing with regards to on-road in a minute. Seam strength. This is using a hydraulic ram to load up the seam, which has a rubber diaphragm underneath it, and we can put up to 2,000 kPa of pressure onto a seam to measure how much force it takes to burst it. Now, the reason we use this test is it loads the seams in all the different angles, rather than just pulling it apart. We'd only load it in one angle, because when we hit the ground, we can load a seam in all sorts of different directions. Now, we do seam strengths because when we crash, the most common thing to happen in the first sort of 7 to 20 milliseconds of the crash is if we load the fabric up or the seam up too much, it will burst open and give us a big hole. And that happens at the very start of a crash. That test will help us to understand that. It also lets us understand the tear strength of a product. The last one that we're doing for protection is this one here. This is an impact test. Once again, the uh, European standard test. We use a five kilogram weight. This is not in my lab. We don't hold onto the test sample. I just don't have a video from our lab. I need to cut a new one. I thought I had and I got out here and I hadn't done it. The, the five kilogram weight gives us 50 joules of energy and then we're able to measure how much force is transferred through there into our simulated elbow into the load cell that's in underneath. And so we can measure whether we have a peak load or whether that peak load has been dispersed over a much longer period, which is what we want to have. We don't want a peak load, that's what causes a broken bone. And so we measure how much energy goes through in three different spots on the impact protector. When I started that test, you could see it had been struck in a couple of different places. So we measure on the middle, we measure a little bit further to the outside, and then we measure further to the outside again. And uh, we will test three impact protectors uh, three times each. What I have come to talk to you about today mostly is this particular um, system here. So this is some of the roads that we've done testing on to simulate our understanding between the laboratory machine and the actual road surface. Now this one is in Auckland. Uh, this was a car park at Bruce Pullman Park and it had an asphalt surface and beautiful for me, it was almost identical to what we're sitting on at the moment or standing on at the moment. So this is a typical road surface that you're going to find in an urban environment. But also you do find it in a rural environment a little bit. Uh, in between Fungaray and uh, Kaitai, uh, there's the gorge. The, the, going up the side of the mountain, they've just redone all of the road in this asphalt here. Uh, so it's common in high damage areas, they'll use this because it lasts a lot longer and it's used in towns because it lasts a lot longer. But you can see it's relatively smooth. It doesn't have a great amount of aggressiveness in the surface. And we all know from sandpaper, the coarser the sandpaper, the more it rips into stuff, it works pretty similar to clothing. The other road surface we used was down in Christchurch, just south, pardon me, just southeast of Christchurch on Miller's Road. And this is a typical chip seal. You'll find this style of chip seal here on the North Island as well as you will on the South Island. It's very similar to what we find in Australia as well. It's a 14 mil rock size 
And you can see this is a typical country road that we've gone out to to use to do our testing on. And the machine that we used is this beast here. This was built by, it was an idea that I had that I worked with a, a master, a, not a master student, a final year project student in engineering that did robotic engineering. And we got together and we built this test rig. And it fits into the tow bar of a car and we're able to drive along at different speeds and drop our sample onto the ground. So we've got a five kilogram weight. Our test head is exactly the same shape. We have the 50 millimetre drop like what we have in the laboratory. Uh, we have our fine copper wire that you can see me fitting at the moment that goes under the sample. And then our test sample goes on and it's hose clamped in place, exactly the same as in the laboratory. So when we're doing roughly 30 kilometres an hour in the car indicated on the speedo, which is about 28 kilometres an hour actual, it behaves exactly the same as the test in the lab. We're able to simulate laboratory testing. So the first one that we tested is a typical wet weather fabric. Now I've got two here. This one's a 600 denier polyester. This one's a 500 denier nylon. This is typically what you'd find in wet weather gear. Uh, especially when you're looking at the front of the wet weather gear and the back of the wet weather gear where you only have a single layer, it's generally this type of fabric. They perform almost identically to each other and this is our chips, our asphalt. It's dry, similar to what we have today. You can see we're getting almost two seconds. So at eight metres a second, that's doing about 14 metres before we get a hole in. Now on the day we went there, it actually rained in the morning. And so we were able to do a little bit of testing on a wet road with the same fabric on the same surface. So you can see if you're going to crash, crash in the wet. <laughs> if you go out onto asphalt, uh, from asphalt and you go out to chip seal, you can see that the test head is not in contact with the ground for very much at all. Now that's 4.46 of a second. The best way of explaining that is one, two, three, four that far and you have a hole. So I'll hand these around so that you can have a bit of a look at what they look like. Now the nylon and the polyester are very similar to each other. They've got almost exactly the same abrasion times. If you're wearing a textile jacket, don't despair because most of the time we have a heavier duty fabric in the elbow or the shoulder. Um, this one's a 1600 denier nylon. Quite often, if you look at most protective textile jackets, they have two or three layers of material in the critical spots, but most textile pants don't. They tend to only have one layer in the bottom. And if you look at our mannequin that's in the ACC tent, you'll see that the bottom and the sides of the leg is a big risk zone for pants. So think about that. Make sure that the, the garments you're, you're wearing have a bit of protection. If you have one that's not that protective, the next time you get enough money, go in, have a look at the MotoCap website and use that to buy a better piece of product. Now this is the heavier duty nylon. You can see on the asphalt, it lasts for a longer period of time. It's getting 2.72 seconds, so about 22 metres before we wear a hole in. We go out on the chip seal, it lasts better than the finer fabric, but we're only getting 1.26 seconds, so that's about 10 metres before we wear a hole in it. But as I said, most garments will have two or three layers. And also when we crash, we tend to move around. We tend to not slide in the one spot for the whole time. In my testing, I'm looking at the worst case scenario. You're under the bike, you're stuck in the one spot and you're sliding the whole time in the one position. You're not tumbling. So always bear this into mind when you're looking at gear. Next one's protective denim. So this is an ordinary piece of protective denim. So when I say protective denim, I mean a two layered product. 
This is very similar to what you get in Resurgence. It's about a middle of the range protective denim, uh, similar to what you get in Revit. But you can see on asphalt, we're getting 26.6 seconds. We go out to chip seal, it's not as good, but you can see it's still reasonably good. So that's 32, 33 metres before we're wearing a hole in. Uh, so people say to me, oh, protective denim, I only wear it when I'm riding around town, I don't wear it out on the open road. If you've got a good protective denim, it quite often will be far more protective than protective textile. So just consider that. The thicker the layer, the better it is. Now, it doesn't matter whether it's Kevlar or Vectran. Uh, I'm using trade names here because most people know them. As long as it's a two-layer product, uh, you will get protection. When you get to some of the single-layer denims, they're now trying to sell saying these are good protective pants, stay away from the single-layer stuff. Most of the single-layer stuff we get doesn't last more than about one and a half seconds on chip seal. Yes, it's, that's the good stuff, and we got one the other day from a very reputable motorcycle brand, a $600 pair of denim jeans. It's on the website, and they got 0.86 of a second, single layer. So when you're looking at protective denim, make sure it's two layers. Now the last one, leather. Everyone tells me leather's the best. What do you think? Is leather the best? You always keep the best to last, don't you? We only just had a long enough car park to test the leather at Bruce Pullman Park. You'll see it lasts very similar to what the denim does. It actually gets a little bit further on, on asphalt. It gets 28 seconds on the asphalt. When we go out onto the chip seal, it's getting five seconds on the chip seal. So we're going from 32 metres with the protective denim to 40 metres of sliding distance with the leather. Now the beauty of a leather jacket, we, once again I'll use your Alpine Stars jacket that you're wearing, that leather is over the entirety of the garment. So if you've got a single layer of that leather over the entire garment, you can see that you're going to have 4.93 or or 40 metres of sliding distance before you wear through over your entire garment. If you've got two layers in the critical zone, that might be 16 seconds of sliding distance in those critical zones. So it's really, really by far the best material we're seeing. This is just a typical single layer of leather. Now once again, leathers aren't leather. So go and have a look at the Motocap website because it we're getting some garments that have got upholstery grade leather in them. They've got super thin down leather. You can take a bit of leather, you can slice it in half, you can um, stretch it, you can do all sorts of things that, with it to make it go further. When we do that, it's no longer protective or it's protective but nowhere near as effective. So we've tested leather as low as um, two seconds of abrasion time and leather as high as seven seconds of abrasion time, depending on whether it's a, a raw hide versus a, a, a super thin down upholstery grade one. So leathers aren't leathers. Now, abrasion damage. When we do abrasion to a garment, we're actually physically ripping fibers out of that garment. So you can see just here, you can see the, the, the dashed mark as we go down the, the go-kart track in Fungaray. Um, where the denim has been ripping apart as we hit the ground. Now you can see we bounce. When I first built this test machine, one of the reasons I built it is people come to me time after time after time and say, you test at 28 kilometers an hour in the laboratory, yet when I crash, I crash at 100. How is that relevant? So what I built the test machine for initially was to understand whether it was the speed that we crash at or the distance that we slide that is critical. 
And what we were able to find is it's not the speed, it's the distance. Because if you imagine it, if I put you on the ground here and grab hold of your feet and drag you along at 10 kilometres an hour on your bottom, you're going to interact with every single bit of rock that's on the ground. But if I give you a ski rope and tow you along behind a bike, you're going to bounce along on the road. And the bouncing action actually has you in the air. And when you're in the air, you're not touching the things that are going to be ripping fibres out of your clothing. So what we found testing between 5 and 50 kilometres an hour, about 30 or 40 tests, is the quicker you go, the longer it takes to wear through something. So that's why measuring at 28 kilometres an hour, we're looking at the worst case scenario because it's the distance you're sliding. And that's why I always convert the, the, the times into metres so that you can visualise, okay, if I crash at 100 kilometres an hour, I'm gonna slide about 40 or 50 metres, I wanna have such and such on. So, I'm gonna miss that one there. Now, the main reason I did this work was to understand how the lab machine related to the actual on-road. And if we look, this is our time to abrade here. And this is our lab machine. You can see the green, the blue box and the orange and the, the triangle here and these ones here. You can see they're almost perfectly in line with the chip seal samples directly above them. So in most cases, the lab machine was harder on the samples than what the actual chip seal surface was. So I've got a little bit of engineering space there but it made me very confident that what we're doing in the lab represents what you would see in a typical road surface in New Zealand and Australia where it's chip seal. If we go to asphalt, you can see our, our blue goes from the lab here right across to the leather sample, which is right, uh, sorry, the denim sample is right across there. So we get longer times. So the takeaway message that I want to give to you today is if you're riding in the city where it's predominantly asphalt environments, you can get away with a little bit less protection. You can, two stars or more is enough. If you're out in the countryside, then you need to be thinking about a bit more protection. And we're saying three to four stars for countryside riding. If you're riding in protective textile, don't despair from what I've shown you today. If you've got your armour in there, then you're going to have it's going to take at least 20 seconds to wear through that armour, uh, so you've got a degree more protection. Uh, so make sure you have your armour in protective textiles. And of course, the next time you go out to buy some clothing, please, please look at the MotoCap website. Um, use it to help you to understand what you're buying. Uh, and uh, hopefully, we're giving you the right information to help you to, to, to make the right choice. Now, after, after Shiny Side Up last year, there was actually more hits on the MotorCap website from New Zealand than there was from the whole of Australia. So hopefully again that will happen because I love to be able to say, stick it there Australia. <laughs> I am Australian, but I'm really, really impressed in what you guys do over here. So we use the CE test methods from the original CE test method as our method of doing our testing. I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, the tests were really good. They're scientifically proven, um, but we don't use the new CE test methods. Some of the new CE test methods are not good. So no, there's a new CE standard uses Darmstadt test machine. Uh, there's no relationship between the Darmstadt, there's been no scientific work to relate the Darmstadt test machine to actual accident studies, where the machine we use for abrasion, there's been a lot of work to relate that back to actual crash studies where people have been injured. And so, 
we, all we do is we take that standard test and we say, okay, that's one stars, that's two stars, that's three stars, that's four stars, that's five stars. Um, so we're doing about 10% of the market at the moment and we went off with 10% of the market to start off with because we didn't want to put anyone out of business. If we'd done 100% of the market and we rated one particular company, everything got half a star, we could send them broke immediately. So we wanted the industry to come along with us because we want them to improve their gear. There's murmurings at the moment that there may be an extension on that, that we may go from 10 to 20 or 30% of the market. I don't think we want to go to much more than 30% of the market a year. And the reason being is most stuff sits on the shelf for three to four years. Uh, so at the moment we're doing 10% of the market, but if you look on the website, stuff we tested last year is still on the website. So over time, there'll definitely get to be a critical mass that we'll get where nearly everything in store will be rated. But I see manufacturers that have four star stuff, but they also have half star stuff. Alpine Stars is an example. The Alpine Stars chrome hoodie performs very poorly. I wouldn't ride in it, but the Alpine Stars leather jacket is a four star leather jacket and I actually own one. Um, so I don't own, none of my gear is aligned to anyone. Um, I ride in a range of different stuff um, of a whole range of different manufacturers. So I choose the ones that are the best on the Motocap website and I select from that. And if you look at the moment, I'm wearing a pair of four-star Motocap pants, uh, a four-star leather jacket, and I wear a set of leather gloves that are, were rated when no one got to see the results and they were four-star as well. So I choose that way. So I don't often say this, but I do say this to some people, if it's stretchy, stretchy is bad for abrasion. So have a look at the website if they've been tested or not, but really think about going to something that doesn't have stretch in it. So what happens is stretch is an evil thing when we hit the ground. Um, when we hit the ground, we're going to grip up with the road surface and we're going to pull on it at the same time. If the material's not stretchy, as we hit the ground, we'll pull on it um, and we'll transition it from grip to slip. If we have something stretchy, as we're pushing it into the ground and getting lots of grip, we stretch it. And so we push it more and we push it more and we push it more and we get maximum grip here and then we pull on it. And it tends to just burst open. So you're going to have if I take a piece of that Kevlar liner that I passed around before, if I test just that Kevlar by itself, it will be lucky to get half a second. It will burst open on impact. So if it's got a stretchy material on the outside of it, quite often that will burst open on impact as well. So I won't let my wife ride in light riding leggings, if that helps you. Um, so yeah, it, it, I can't tell you not to wear them. You're more protected wearing them than wearing nothing. but what we're finding with stretch material, hoodies, leggings, that sort of thing, they're performing at the very lowest in the Motocap website. The reason that that washing come out was because Bullet, um, who make their product out of Vectran, wanted to rubbish all the other competitors, and they said, if you wash it, it's gonna destroy it. Now, if I'm wearing a ballistic vest and it's wet and you shoot me, I'm gonna die. But it has no effect on denim and that's where the washing come from. Actually washing your denim jeans makes them more protective than not washed because you entangle the fibres together and it's harder to rip them from the product. So if you hang them in the sunlight for long periods of time and you get sun exposure on the Kevlar, yes, you'll damage it, but washing has no effect.
Such an interesting conversation to be having. What gear is safest? What's going to protect you most in the slide? Of course, we are dressing for the slide, not the ride. Well, we should be anyway. Check out motocamp.co.nz for more information about what gear is going to protect you the best. That uh, research is continuing, motocamp.co.nz. And remember, there's no correlation between big brands and what's going to protect you most. There's also no correlation between big money, the cost of the item, and what's going to protect you best. Massive thank you to Dr. Chris Huron from Deakin University once again for joining us at the Shiny Side Up talk series across the country earlier this year. Thank you very much to ACC and Ride Forever as well as NZTA and MSAC for making those events happen. Hoping that Shiny Side Up will come back for 2021. Next episode we hope to bring you another talk from the Shiny Side Up talk series. Brett Tax, he's going to break down some preconceptions about uh, all sorts of things to do with motorcycling. What you think isn't necessarily what is true. Uh, so looking forward to the conversation with Brett Tax. Remember, you can get a hold of us at podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Keep your eyes open on kiwirider.co.nz. Hit that subscribe button for the latest magazine delivered straight to your inbox every fortnight. And we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast player you're listening to us on right now as well. Feel free to leave comments. Jump on Facebook and Instagram. We are at kiwirider. We absolutely love to hear from you and uh, all feedback, good, bad and indifferent, is taken on board. I've been Ray, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Kiwi Rider.